Okay, hello, hello. Welcome back to uh, BDI's IMG Advisor podcast. You're joining us for episode five of season six, the, the penultimate episodes in the series. Um, and as always, I am joined by my glamorous assistant, Ryan Hardy. Hey, Tom. How are you doing? You sound very chipper today. I am chipper. It's uh, we're, we're doing this a bit later on in the day today now, so I'm, uh, I'm actually getting ready to, to go home pretty soon. So that's always... Not that I don't love my job and I don't love uh, speaking to, to doctors and trusts all day uh, long every day, but it is quite nice occasionally to, to go home and uh, have, a, have a drink and a relax. Oh, what's your tipple tonight? Uh, well, I've, I've become partial to a very low alcoholic beer, so I'm, uh, I'm on the Coors Light. How low are we talking? Talking like 3%. Wow. It's almost, it's almost not worth drinking. No. <laughs> <laughs> uh, good. All right. So, Tom, today's episode, very exciting to talk about this one. Um, I don't think we've ever really delved into acute medicine uh, in much detail before, so... Um, this is a, a slight deviation yeah. for us, which is always nice to talk about new things. It is. I think we're, we're probably um, going going into the next season. We might start to do a few more of these. I know with a lot of the blogs and vlogs that uh, that we've put out over the last couple of years, we've kind of gone into individual exams and specialties. But mm-hmm. I guess the podcast maybe hasn't uh, hasn't um, expanded uh, in that direction uh, or diversified in that way so maybe we should we should do a few more of these depending on how how popular it is definitely um okay so straight into it then um what is acute medicine okay so acute medicine uh they are responsible for looking after patients who are um coming into the hospital acutely uh either through the emergency medicine department or by gp referral um so usually an adult um or sometimes a child that doesn't doesn't need a surgical operation so um uh, it can be as urgent as any so um i've got some stats from alice here normally around two-thirds of acute patients have been to any prior to being moved to uh the acute medicine uh, wards mm-hmm. um and so they work really closely alongside a for anything that's not trauma uh i know i just said pediatrics but mostly pediatrics or surgery um and another large part of the job is ambulatory care um so i mean it is quite broad, obviously, and um, acute medicine in itself means that you would have trained in any of the sort of general medicine mm. uh, subsets, but but taken on a more um, urgent care approach. I guess acute medicine is, is I guess, a fairly new phenomenon, uh, and you probably don't have that subspecialism in other healthcare systems, because I know, particularly in the UK, it's not been around for, for that long, um, mm. and I guess it's a lot of it's to do with patient flow um whereas we know that our kind of emergency medicine services get really overwhelmed uh, with all sorts of patients rocking up for whatever reason mm. um and i guess it's one way of siphoning out <laughs> what's <laughs> what is that a genuine emergency and what can be dealt with definitely and i think if you are if you're in the middle east for example um you know probably the like that intensivist style job is a really good example, like a non-anesthetic intensivist. Like you, You've got to you use were, your, your, your go-to example again, Tom. Th- this is the number one go-to example. If you're, if you're in the Middle East working in that kind of job, you're probably working in an AMU, whereas um, an acute medical ward, whereas mm-hmm. if you're in the UK, you, you're probably more likely to be in an, an, uh, an anesthetics department. Um, so 
you know the different healthcare systems have them have this kind of job structured uh, differently but generally speaking whichever if you're in america or the middle east or or the uk it, it's an amu based job mm-hmm. okay um that kind of leads me on to my next question um that we we, we are asked quite a lot is um where where about where i fit into the nhs or, or the hospital um system um, what war would I working on, et cetera. So most acute medicine doctors will spend the majority of their working day in what's called the AMU, which is the acute medical unit. Mm. Um, however, however, they also see uh, patients in the emergency department, ambulatory care clinic, and or the ACC, or other inpatient wards. So I guess uh, that's, I mean, before I know we'll probably go on to cover this in a bit, but I, I guess it's quite a nice variety of, of stuff around just being stuck in the one the one department seeing the same things day in day out yeah i guess i guess the way that i kind of think about it is if you if you have gone into that kind of core medical trainings you know and within that you've got nephrology endocrinology rheumatology cardiology respiratory stroke medicine whatever it might be um obviously you could be specializing in one of those areas like you said and you'll be seeing those uh you know obviously there'll be different diagnoses but within the same um uh, the, the same kind of subspecialty area. Whereas if you're in acute uh, medicine, you're probably seeing kind of urgent care uh, variations of all of those different things. And so rather than going kind of into depth in one of those specialties, as you say, you get to see a good spread of, of all the different subspecialty interests across across medicine broadly. Yeah. I, I guess for IMGs, um, Another big question, uh, because again, if you don't have a specific AMU or acute medicine um, type role in your particular healthcare system, um, what's the kind of barrier to entry for international doctors? And I guess the really good news for IMGs is that acute medicine is a really broad speciality. Mm. Um, so it requires doctors to maintain a generalist approach. And I know that the NHS. Um, as a healthcare system, it's, it's very much geared towards subspecialization. Um, uh, but actually, um, with acute medicine as a, a, specialis- a specialism, it's actually um, quite a nice thing to be generalist as opposed to being a super subspecialist. So, uh, so in light of this, um, a, a career in acute medicine can attract a real breadth of applicants from overseas, which is really good news for IMGs. Yeah, I, th- I think it's it's one of those things where if you aren't if you aren't working as a consultant, or even if if you haven't specialised yet, or even if you have but you can't get the job that you're looking for within your subset area, it gives you the opportunity to keep your options open. Um, so you know if you are a uh, if you are a, an endocrinologist or a nephrologist, and and quite frequently, um, you know those are the kinds of uh, general medical roles that people are applying from from overseas. Then you may decide, and it may be advised to you to take up an acute medicine post first, because the demand for acute medicine as a broad kind of uh, a broad overview of, of medicine as a doctor is quite high. You know, generally yeah. speaking, trust will, will hire an acute medicine doctor or find it harder to hire an acute medicine doctor over an endocrinologist or a nephrologist. Um, it gives you the opportunity to get your foot into the door into the NHS, get a grips of what it's like here and get some UK references. And then you could move laterally into uh, uh, the kind of more specific niche that you're working with. Yeah, definitely. So, I mean, I would say that um, any IMGs that have worked in an emergency medicine department or a general medicine setting or even a critical care unit, um, they would be 
that those skills and experience would be really um, applicable for joining the NHS in an acute medicine role. Yeah. Um, given the nature of the work and the environment, um, that what acute medicine tends to attract are, are really dynamic individuals who enjoy the wide variety of medicine. So more of generalists um, that can be seen uh, seen on take and the diagnostic challenges that it may pose. Um, so traditionally, those apply for acute medicine positions within the NHS. Um, what qualifications would, I guess, NHS Trust look for or NHS hospitals? Um, so NMD with MRCP 1, 2 and PACES um, and IELTS or OET, I guess, is the, probably the main qualification they're looking for. Yeah, it's so broad, isn't it? Because if you're doing a specialty like anaesthetics or psychiatry or radiology, you, you, you're going to have gone down the specific Royal College route, but it's not it's not like there's a Royal College exam for nephrology. It, it's the same exam that somebody who is in respiratory would sit and you're doing mm. MRCP. So uh, as, as you kind of said already, or as we kind of talked about already, it is really broad uh, and that as is a real benefit a for your opportunities within the nhs because um you you know you're you're probably going to be in pretty high demand and b in terms of your opportunity to uh to get an overview of what you're going to be working within before moving into that area or of course you might love acute medicine you might have done mrcp yeah. maybe you were thinking about subspecializing and you end up doing acute medicine and you think actually this is the this is the one if you'd been tossing up a a career in A&E versus uh, medicine, this might be a really good kind of middle ground for you. Yeah. Uh, so we've kind of identified five main benefits of working um, in acute medicine in the NHS. Um, so the first one, broad exposure to the NHS and differing specialities. Um, the spectrum of clinical problems within acute medicine is really wide. So trainees become experts in acute aspects of all medical specialities. Again, excellent practical procedural skills. Yeah, I mean, again, I, I guess that's kind of what we've just been harping on about is that yeah. you, you're going to be working in, in lots of uh, lots of different areas, and with that, kind of ties quite nicely into the the second point, which is the the kind of teamwork aspect of it. The the uh, MDT, I guess, is probably quite a close um, a closely working unit. Uh, so that that's the kind of multidisciplinary team for for anyone that isn't familiar with that. Um, abbreviation. So uh, the, the acute medicine departments will, will kind of work, as we said, really closely with emergency medicine, uh, ambulatory care units, general medicine wards, and they'll make sure that, that everyone has the, the kind of care that they need. Um, with this in mind, obviously, if acute medicine uh, physicians are working um uh, they are going to be expected to work across large MDT groups. So, um, you know, you won't, as you've said already, be dealing with a small number of people. You'll be dealing with patients that require, I mean, often there'll be kind of multimorbidity. So you'll be, you'll be working with different specialists in a number of kind of subspecialty interest fields. So if you have a patient come in, you might be working with A&E doctors, elderly care doctors, stroke doctors, neurologists. Um, and so the that that kind of, I guess that kind of broad spectrum of work means that you have to be a real team player and you have to be very good at juggling uh, lots of different interactions at any one time. Yeah, definitely. Um, I guess another really good benefit working in acute medicine, um, and again, it depends on the individual, um, is that it's really 
it's an exciting place to work and really fast paced. I guess al alongside emergency medicine, acute medicine is one of the most fast paced and exciting specialties to work in, in terms of its, I guess it's unpredictable nature in terms of what patients you're going to see. Um, so due to the specialty being so broad, the type of patients you will see in the cases you work on will really be exactly the same. So uh, I think for, for doctors that, um, obviously thrive in that type of environment of the career in acute medicine is, is a really good choice. Um, you get lots of variety every day, which makes working in acute medicine exciting and, and also challenging as well. Yeah. I think obviously if you are a, if you're a histopathologist or you're, you're interested in, you know, diagnostics, then obviously this is not the, uh, not the career for you, but no. I mean, as, as, <laughs> as we've said, if you, if you kind of, <laughs> If you if you maybe had an interest in emergency medicine, but actually you kind of like the the general medicine aspects, then acute is is a really good middle ground. If you if you don't want to go down to that pure kind of trauma yeah uh, trauma level, because um, as you say, you do get exposure to lots of different things, and it's going to be fast and exciting. Yeah. Um, but uh, you know, if you are a bit even if you're a bit further on in your career and you're looking to, to wind down, then maybe maybe it's not the one for you equally. <laughs> I think probably one of the most, um, probably the biggest plus point for a career in acute medicine, particularly for IMGs who have MRCP, because we get a lot of registrations with doctors with MRCP. Um, it's probably the, it's one of the specials with the most vacancies, probably out with emergency medicine, I would say. Mm. Um, so that's obviously hugely beneficial for an international doctor who's trying to get into the NHS and gain experience. The chances are, if you've got MRCP and experience with an emergency medicine department or um, ICU or um, general medicine, uh, then you probably will have the, the kind of core competencies that you need to have a successful career in acute medicine. Um, so that's something to take into consideration. If you're looking to get into the NHS, I know that some specialisms are really um, oversubscribed, um, that this could be a good career pathway in, in terms of getting into the NHS and then ultimately deciding what you want to do in the future. Yeah, I mean, like you said, because because it's quite a new specialty, it is evolving and adapting constantly. And as it is integrated more kind of uh, firmly into the NHS, there are naturally more vacancies. So as the, the kind of that, those assessment units get larger and people get used to that kind of patient flow, there will mm. be more jobs. Um, I mean, I guess the flip side of that, if we're going to be honest, is that because there are so many doctors within medicine broadly who sit on RCP, depending you know, on a various subspecialty interests, competition for jobs it can be high and that's why completing MRCP is really important because it really does give you uh, an advantage if you if you're applying for a specialty doctor role within acute medicine or any kind of medicine subset and you haven't done that you, you are frankly putting yourself at a disadvantage so yeah. if you are hoping to go down that route or you've um, uh, even if you've passed MRCP and, and you think this sounds like something that you'd want to do then um, you know we couldn't recommend it highly enough but MRCP obviously I, in my opinion, in my experience, and I'm, I'm sure from what you said, Ryan, and yours as well, is, is vital. Definitely. Um, so I guess the, the, well, the last benefit that we've identified, um, that there is the opportunity to develop a range of speciality interests. I guess, Tom, I know you mentioned it quite a few times about the broad nature of acute medicine and the types of patients you'd be seeing and goes down to the variety. Uh, but due to it being so broad, acute medicine doctors um, 
that they can have a large range of possible special interests that they can choose to spend more time practicing. So, for example, ambulatory care. Uh, so this is a form of outpatient care for patients presenting with acute illness that previously may have required inpatient stay. So um, I guess the, it, it's just quite an exciting specialism in, in terms of there, there is so many different ways in which you can go go within it. Yeah, I, and I think that kind of that community aspect as well, like ambulatory care, um, obviously, is a really good example. That uh, one of the one of the problems traditionally in NHS, uh, especially during the winter, has been like bed block and um, you know too many people arriving in any departments and um, trying to exit people from the hospital to make room for for others who are being admitted. And acute medicine plays a really really important role in all of that. And if you do want to subspecialize in in something like that, or you do find yourself diversifying into ambulatory care, it, it means that you'll be working out in the community. So maybe you don't want to be in one kind of setting all of the time and you want to you want to go out and be a be i guess out in as i say in the community uh, for lack of a better phrase yeah treating patients and um you know not necessarily being in an ambulance but you know driving around in a kind of doctor's car and and visiting that's a it's a really exciting prospect definitely um good okay well i think we've covered acute medicine in the very (laughs) very briefly yeah, I was going to say it's actually this has turned into a very short podcast, and I was expecting to go into into a bit more depth. I'm trying to frantically think of more questions that doctors would have asked us about it. Um, I mean, like you say, the, the kind of main thing from a recruitment standpoint is that lots and lots of trusts are asking us for acute medicine doctors, um, and uh, generally speaking, if you are interested in that kind of thing and you've done MRCP, then yeah. you know get in touch with us, and we'll, we'll be happy to help you. Definitely. I think um, just on that point as well, I mean, in, in terms of, um, I know that there are certain things that NHS trusts look for, particularly in CVs, experience, all those types of things. We could more than happy to help anybody to put together a good CV, draw out that experience, which you may not have thought about um, if you want to kind of really tailor your, your CV or application towards an acute medicine post. Uh, we've got a fantastic team based in Bristol. Uh, you're I mean, they're, they're inundated with work at the moment, which is amazing. Mm, yeah, they are. And in fact, it's a, it's a kind of growing team for us where uh, previously we had one person uh, focusing on acute medicine. We now have sort of uh, three or four building into a team because the demand is so high. So really, really exciting kind of growth area uh, in terms of vacancies and opportunities for doctors who are looking to get their, their feet in the door. Yeah, absolutely. Okay, so Tom, that wraps that one up. Uh, I believe we've got one more episode next week, which is... Oh, good question. Uh, (laughs) Let me just shuffle my electronic paper. Uh, Oh, it's always the best that's saved all last, isn't it? It's Changes in response to Brexit. Oh, God. Yeah, favourite subject. Mm. Um, (laughs) Don't remind me. Yeah, but again, obviously there has been some really important changes for international doctors, so um, we will be more than happy to run you through what those are and what effects it may have. Yeah, and I think that's probably really important right now, especially with COVID and lockdowns and pandemics. I think I've mentioned it in another podcast that Brexit seems to have quietly crept in the back door while no one's looking. <laughs> and actually, yeah. there's been quite a few changes that, that people should be aware of if they're if they're making the move. Definitely. So we will reconvene next week, Tom, and I look forward to seeing your lovely chewy face then. Yeah, well, I look forward to seeing your face. If you'll switch the light on next time, then uh, I'll, I'll get to have a smile back. <laughs> I, I can't afford this. 
said, keep the, the lights on, mate. This is how bad it's got. Yeah, electricity is expensive these days. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> cool. All right. Well, th- thanks very much for listening, everyone. And we'll, uh, we'll see you next time. Bye. Cheers. Cheers.